Thank y'all. Powerful songs today. Appreciate that. Well, I'm glad to be here this morning, and uh, I really appreciate my daddy. I trust that he's been doing a good job here at this church. If he's not, you let me know, and, and we'll talk about it, and we'll pray about it. And, uh, but I am glad to be here. So if you'll turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms, chapter 1, and we're going to have revival, aren't we? Amen. <laughs> It is good to see you. May the Lord richly bless you all. Just all over, more than one place. Isn't that right, brother? And the Lord is here, isn't he? Amen. And he, I, you know what I want to do? I want to encourage you to, uh, and you may get challenged before the sermon's over today, to do the same. But I want you to think of someone that's not here today that you would like to bring to revival meeting you know, you may think of someone that's lost to bring them. And uh, bring them. They, they may come to know Jesus. They may not get saved here, but the word will be given to them. And the seed is planted. But maybe you know other people, maybe some church people that have just kind of gotten a little bit lazy, just kind of fallen out. I talk to people all the time like that. And you know, they, every one of them say, but preacher, you know, we just... We are going to get back. So maybe this is the chance through this revival. And that's what revival is anyway. It's about the heart and life of the church. Me, I want to be touched as interim pastor. I want to be touched as much, much as you. It does humble me today to be able to have my oldest son, mine and Elaine's oldest son, uh, to come and preach during this revival. He preached for me. Uh, while Elaine and I were at the Southern Baptist Convention, and I did not say anything to him about whether we would uh, ask him to come and do revival, but I had it on my heart. Several of you mentioned to me you would like to hear him again. And so I talked with uh, our deacons, and I said, you know, I, this is up to you, whatever you feel. And uh, they told me after praying that they felt like that this was right. And I'm humble, and I thank you for praying. And I believe for a time like this that my son Billy Beaver is here for this time to preach. Now, before he gets up, and Bill, if you'd just come on up, I want my uh, family to stand. We have all of my children here except one, and he has to be back at Main Street where uh, both of my sons are kind of like, uh, like co-pastors. Bill, who is here today, is the lead co-pastor. And in other words, he's, he's where the, the buck stops, isn't it, Bill? Right. And I'd like for his wife and also my other girls, to stand, my two girls, not other girls, my two girls. And why not, Elaine, you just stand beside of them too. Now you decide which one is Elaine and which one's my daughters, okay? But, but tonight, you're going to be able to hear them sing. I have a sister that's coming, and they will be singing for us. I hope you'll come and uh, for the singing part of the service. I'm humbled that they'll be doing that, too. And I'm excited. Bill, I want you to come, and I want to have a prayer for you. If you would come, I want to put my arm around you and pray as, uh, before you preach. Father, today, I'm very humbled about standing here uh, before you. And bringing to you today, Bill Beaver. Lord, Billy has given his life to you. 
He has paid the cost and is paying the cost of being one of your choice ministers. And I'm so thankful that we're able to have him here for this week of meeting. And I pray this will be more than a week of meeting that when Thursday has ended, that revival will just have been really starting full force. And I pray you'll anoint Bill today with the Holy Spirit of God that he shall preach as never before the unsearchable words of you to us who are hungry and thirsty to hear from you. When the invitation is given, perhaps many have already made decisions and choices uh, through the service, and they would make it public if they're saved or, or perhaps other things they need. But I just look forward to this week, and Lord, for Bill, as he preaches today, use him in a powerful way. And all the congregation said, Amen. Amen. Welcome, Bill Amen. Beaver, pastor of Main Street Baptist Church in China Grove, to speak for us. Well, good morning. Good morning, Theresa Baptist Church. I hope you guys are doing well. I am the real Billy Beaver, uh, unlike, and, and I hope my dad has been doing a good job here at this church. But, you know, I know he has because I hear good things from you guys. Uh, you guys fell in love with my mom and dad, and I said this last time, and they fell in love with you, and I know God's doing some some great things here at, at uh at Theresa, I almost said Main Street because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the pulpit there all the time. And but, but here at Theresa Baptist. Now, I hope you don't mind. I don't, I don't wear ties and suits and coats and things at my church. Do you mind if I take my coat off? Because uh, when you're gonna plow corn or you're gonna shut corn, you have to take right. Somebody said, uh oh, uh oh, look out. Well, there, there's, uh, there's only one way that I know how to preach. And that's just wide open. Uh, you know, it, however the Lord leads us, uh, that's how we're going to go. He's already prepared me. I hope he's been preparing you. But I'm praying for some wonderful, wonderful uh, meetings this week. And I'll come back to that in just a minute. But I'm, I'm praying that God's going to, has already prepared our hearts and our lives this week for some wonderful words from him. Uh, revival is all about God and his people and, and bringing his people, not back from the dead, but, but, uh, but bringing his people back to uh, rejuvenation again and getting them energized once again. And so that's what I'm praying this week for, and that's what I have been praying for. So you know what? The only thing I know, know to do is to get started. Amen? Amen. So we're going to get started. If you would open your Bibles to the Old Testament, to the book of Isaiah. We're going we're gonna to begin our meetings with the book of Isaiah. What a wonderful book there in the Old Testament. And what a wonderful prophet we have, have there in the Old Testament. But Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to be uh, looking at actually a couple of verses there. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 through 5. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 through 5. And here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you, and I guess you could title this message, I could title this message, Preparing the Way for the Lord. Preparing the Way for the Lord, or Prepare the Way for the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you today about, about spiritual renewal, spiritual revival. 
So as we have our Bibles open there to the book of Isaiah, I want us to go to chapter 40, starting there in verse 3. Now, I'm going to be reading out of the uh, Holman Standard uh, version of the Bible, and I uh, uh, hope that doesn't, doesn't offend you this morning, but uh, that's, that's the Bible I like to preach out of, so I'm going to start right there in verse 3. The Bible says in verse 3, A voice of one crying out, Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Now listen to what he says in verse 4. Every valley will be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will, be, uh, will become smooth, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will appear. Actually, I went on into verse uh, 5 there. Uh, but you know what? That part right there is what we really do want to focus on this week. And the glory of the Lord will appear there in verse 5. Would you go to the Lord in prayer with me before we begin any of our, our, our message this morning? Lord God, I pray as, as many of my fellow pastors pray, and I pray today as, as a good friend of mine always prays when he gets in the pulpit. Lord, would you, would you just fill my mind? with your thoughts, and would you fill my mouth with your words, Lord? I pray that you use me today, Lord, not to be just a, a clanging symbol that makes a lot of loud no noises and spits and fumes and has nothing to say, but Lord, I pray today that I preach your word with power. And God, not just because of as we go out of here, we say, uh, Lord, that, that we have been touched by, and we want to be touched by your Holy Spirit, but, but not because we've been touched by someone, but God, that we've been touched by you, and we've been renewed and re-energized re, uh, for you, Lord. And so, God, we pray all this in your holy name, your Son's name, Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Well, I can say I really believe this that all of us more than likely can think in our lives that we need, that we really feel like that we need spiritual renewal at some point or another in our lives. We feel like that probably in our, in our, in our own individual lives, but we also feel like that as a church, as a whole, if you, if you really get down to the nitty-gritty and think about that just for a moment. But we have to understand something that my father's already said this morning, that revival is more than a series of meetings. Matter of fact, revival is not really a series of meetings. Now, that, that's what we do. We, we, have, we set a time, uh, sometimes two times a year, and we say we're going to have revival. But real spiritual revival comes when God does a work in our lives and our hearts, and he begins to do things that maybe he hasn't done in a long, long time. He does that in our personal lives, and he does that in our church. And so we need to understand what, uh, the, what, what genuine, genuine revival is. And genuine revival is when God moves sovereignly. You have to really catch that. God moves sovereignly in his people who are prepared to receive that. Amen. We've got to be prepared to receive what God's going to give us. Or else we won't, we won't pick it up. We'll just, we'll, we'll kind of harden our hearts and we'll say possibly we don't need that. 
But folks, I don't know about you. I need it every moment, every day of my life. You know, I, I, I need God's word. I, that's, I, I want to live God's word. I want to breathe God's word. I want it pumping through my veins. And I pray that that's, that's the way you uh, would be also. I want you to remember something. This is kind of my thought of this, this uh, message today, and it is this. Spiritual revival or renewal is always possible in your life and in my life if we're par- prepared to receive it. It's always possible, always possible if we're prepared to receive it. Some of you say, no, Pastor, I've, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of over to the left here or to the right, and, and possibly I'm, I'm at, I don't know where you're at in your life right now. Maybe you think you've gone too far in some uh, circumstance somewhere along the line. Or maybe you think that you're up here, you know, that we, we, we later on in the week, I'm going to preach a message just about that, about our, our relationship with the Lord and, and with others. So I don't know exactly where you are, only you know that. But we do, we do need a fresh word, a fresh word from the Lord. So we've got to be prepared. I hope I've, I, I feel like that I've nailed that home this morning, but, but we must be prepared for revival. Well, these verses tell us that, that we just read this morning, they tell us that revival can be a reality in our lives. Now, as we read these verses, if you do study at all in, in the, the book of Isaiah, if you do it any in the Old Testament, especially the prophets in the Old Testament, you'll see here that, that in Isaiah, in these verses that we were talking about, around about in these chapters, He's talking about bringing the children of God back. In other words, they've been, they've been in the bondage. They went through the bondage. And it wasn't something that just happened. It's something you have to remember that God, God put them through. And he says, now, it's almost like he's saying, I'm going to put that healing salve. I'm going to put that healing salve on you. I had this planned all along. I'm going to bring healing to you. And so he starts, he starts here and he starts telling them, he, he's telling them what he's going to do to heal them, right? It's like a doctor that, that we've got a diagnosis that possibly we're in the hospital and, and, and we've, it's a terrible diagnosis. And then all of a sudden, uh, the doctor may come in after the surgery that's, that he has prepared for after he has performed on us and we're sitting in and we're laying in the bed and he comes in and now he starts telling us about all the good things that's going to begin to happen now. He said, you had to go through this. You had to go through this pain. But I'm going to tell you, when you come out the other side, you're going to be blessed and you're going to be better for it. And so that's, 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 what, that's what revival is about. That's what, that's what Isaiah was talking about this morning. He was talking about the coming of the, of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and Jesus being born, actually. These verses were fulfilled, first of all, with John the Baptist. Remember, uh, John was, was the voice crying out in the wilderness. The voice crying out in the wilderness. Listen, John, sometimes I think I can... I can uh, probably feel like that I'm, I'm a little bit, got a little bit of John in me. Also, John the Baptist. Sometimes I'm rough around the edges. I don't know about you. Sometimes I might be abrasive. I think maybe John possibly could be a little abrasive because he didn't, he didn't have a lot of words that people wanted to hear, but they needed to hear. I've come to realization in my life 
to let God use me the way he's going to use me. Because I'm, I'm not the same as everyone else. I've got a mission that God wants me to do. And that's to preach his, preach his word. And you have a mission that God wants you to do. And, and, and it's, also, it's also to be in his word and to preach his word and to speak his word. But some of you have a, listen, some of you have a more tender way of being able to help people that you can sit down and, and talk to someone or maybe just sit down and just to listen to somebody. You've got something in your life that just, man, that just somebody, they want to sit down with you. I'll brag on my dad a little bit. He's, he's that way. He has that mentality about him. And so, you know, he, he's able to sit down and just, and uh, I hope you're not embarrassed of me bragging on you this morning. <laughs> he's scoured down. But, but he's, uh, he, he's got that about himself, and I've always admired that. And I try to be like that. I try to be, I, I, I want to, and you know what? Dad, I, I do want to make you proud, but I want to make my heavenly father proud. And I, I, I know that I want to make both my earthly father and my heavenly father proud. So John the Baptist, he, the, we're, we're, we're talking about where we see the, the coming of the Messiah. We see that John prepared the way and we see these verses there even in the book of Luke and also in the book of Matthew. We see portions of this scripture here. But the ultimate fulfillment of these verses is going to happen one day when Jesus comes back. When we talk about him bursting the eastern skies. One of these days, he's going to come back. And folks, I want to tell you, there's a song called Midnight Cry. I don't know if you've ever heard it or not. But the, the, one of the little verses or phrases in that song says, We are closer now than we've ever been. Friend, I believe that. We're closer now. It's been two, over 2,000 years since Jesus came, was incarnated, was brought into this world, went to a cross that lived and taught and taught his disciples, went to a cross and died, was in a tomb for three days, but was resurrected, ascended to heaven, and he's now in heaven interceding for you and for me. But he's coming back, folks. And we don't know when that is going to be. So we've got to be prepared every moment of our lives. So I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you just a few minutes about some preparations that come out of these verses here that I think that, that, we, that we see that how we can prepare for revival in our own lives. First of all, I, I feel like in verse 4 that we see that there are some things that need to be lifted up in our lives possibly. Verse 4 says this, Every valley shall be exalted. Every valley shall be exalted. Isaiah's talking about a filling process in these verses. Because we, when we think about a valley, we're talking about a crevice, right? A, a low-lying place. Now, this can speak it into our lives about places where it's possibly lacking. Things are lacking in our lives, our hearts and our lives uh, as Christians, especially this morning. And maybe places to where uh, that we need to be lifted up. Some places that we need to allow God to work again in our lives. It could be our prayer life. Maybe our prayer life's fell, fall, fell, fallen by the wayside 
And we, we don't, not, not, not a lawful way where, uh, whoops, I forgot to pray or, or, you know, it's, it's just becoming a, a misery kind of praying. Well, you know, here, I'm going to pray this again. We, uh, let me just give you a, a, a thought here. I have a four-year-old grandson and, and he prays the prayer right now. He's praying, God, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. That, that, uh, prayer at the supper table. And we try to help him to do, make that more than just words that he's saying. And I listen to him. I listen to how he says it. The other night, for the first time, he stopped and he slowed way down. And he said some words that I didn't know could come out of him. Sometimes it's out of the mouths of babes that our lives begin to be touched and changed and revival comes. And so I'm seeing things in him that I, you know, maybe God's going to call him to preach one day. I don't know. I don't know what God's going to call him to do, but, but we're going to be behind him all the way. But listen, sometimes in our lives, our prayer life can become just that, just, just a rep- repetition over and over and over again. The Bible talks about that. It could be maybe church attendance to where something you need to change. It, it may be to where you're saying, um, I, I pray that you get up and want to ch- come to church every day, every Sunday morning, right? You want to be here when, when the doors are open at the church, but it could be, it could be uh, possibly unforgiveness that needs to be lifted up in your life. Maybe you holding something against someone or, or, or some, some business or something uh, at school or somewhere else in your life, and, and you're just holding, holding on to that. Well, Isaiah's talking about in these verses, and basically I can see this here. I see well, what he's saying here that... Folks, I want to tell you something, that places like this in our lives need to be, they need to be lifted up. We need to uh, take a time to where we're, we're filling up these places in our hearts and our lives. We need, to get, we need to get back to the basics of Christianity. We need to get back to the basics of our, our faith in general. And allow God to work in, in these areas in our life. Not only are there some things to be lifted up, but I believe another part of the preparation is that some things are going to have to be lowered down. Verse 4 also says this, that every mountain and hill shall be made low. So this is talking about a, a lowering process here. A lowering process. We talked about the filling process. Now we're talking about the lowering process. And it, if you, when you think about a mountain or a hill, sometimes a mountain or a hill is something that could be getting in our way, possibly. Could be like that mountain is just too high to climb. That mountain is, is, is in my way. It could be a roadblock in our lives that often hinders us. What, what's a roadblock in our spiritual lives? Well, it could be jealousy. That, that. Now, folks, listen, I, I, I don't know if, if there's anyone in here that has a deep-seated jealousy. I pray that you don't. But it could be jealousy. It could be lust. Man, this world is lustful, is it not? In the day and time we... And I'm not talking about just sexual lust. I'm talking about lust for just for life or, you know, just the lust of, of the flesh in general, 
It could be pride or, or fear. These are barriers that need, to be, that need to be lowered down, that need to be broken down. I said that there are some places that need to be lifted up, our prayer life and these other places and church attendance and things like that. But then there's places that need to come down, these barriers that I'm talking about that, have, that you've identified that's been a place between you and God that has been a, a sore spot. It's been a place to where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that, that is the place that you, you know that God can begin the healing process. Well, then I think there's a third, a third part of the preparation that we can see out of these, uh, these verses this morning, that there are some things that's going to have to be lined up. Lined up. In the King James Version in verse 4, the Bible actually says, The crooked shall be made straight. The crooked shall be made straight. This is referring to getting things lined up in our life like they should be. Getting things lined up in our life like they should be. This word crooked comes from a word meaning, listen to this, deceitful or sly. It's a road that is deceptive in nature. Listen, it promises one thing, it promises one thing, but it delivers quite another. We need to identify those places in our life where maybe we've gone down the wrong road. Right, we've 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 chose the we we chose one way, and we thought, man, 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 that's the right way we need to go. That that's the, that's the right way, and it, it could it could have been a possibly good that we were choosing that way. All the all the data that we've collected, you know, we live in a, a computer generation, a digital generation, and 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 man, it's you you got Google on your telephones and your computers and everything, and it seems like that we want to know something, we go to Google, right? We want the data, we want the data that's right there before us. I'm, I'm the same way a lot of times. But folks, I want to tell you something. When we talk about things that need to be lined up, we need to be lined up with God's word and, and what God says. Now, I'm not... Google's a good thing, right? Computers are good things. Thank God for them. But we need to be lined up with God's word and, and get back on track with what God is, is, has for us in our lives. And as a church, Theresa Baptist, as a church as a whole, it could be that some of us have got ourselves possibly into maybe a relationship that's, it could be a work relationship or maybe even recreation somewhere along the line that's led you possibly away from the Lord. Maybe you've wandered down a road, as I spoke a while ago, that even you believe that you know what's right for everyone else. You know what that is? Self-righteousness. Folks, I want to tell you something. I know a lot of people like that nowadays. That, that's sad, though, that, that some, some think that they know the right thing for everyone else, but they won't look into their own lives. But folks, we all we all need that. We all need that sharpening. We all need that. Uh, we all need that help from the Lord. So we got to have things that need to be lined up, that lined up in our lives. We we don't need to take these paths and go down these paths. A lot of times, we we need to do what God's word tells us to consider. 
Consider, consider the path that our own feet walk upon. And that we know that the Lord wants to bless in our lives. And then lastly, I believe there's one more preparation. And that is this, that some things in our life have to be leveled out. The Bible says again in verse 4, that the rough places are made a plain. The rough places are made a plain. This is the smoothing out. This is, a matter of fact, some, some, verses, uh, some versions of the Bible say that it is a smoothing out process. The word rough here refers to something that, is, that means actually impassable. Impassable. It refers to roughness and being bound up. And it also could carry the idea of possibly being doubtful. It speaks of those areas in our life that are possibly questionable in our hearts and our lives. It speaks to those places in our life where we know we could do better. We know we could do better, but we don't. Now, the Bible tells us clearly in his word how we can, how, how that actually we can handle all these areas. And it comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.22. And he, sa- he simply says this, abstain from all appearance of evil. So God's word is telling us to examine our own lives, to look in our own lives, to take a really close look, and then not to just look. You see, a lot of times we'll look at our lives, but we won't deal with those places in our lives. We won't deal with those rough edges in our lives, our hearts and our lives. Again, you know, there, there's all kind of things that it could be happening in your life and my life. I always tell Main Street Baptists where I preach, our pastor, I, I try to be real with them. I say that I'm not just, I'm not a person that gets up on Sunday morning, opens God's word and says, this is for you and this is not for me. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm the first one that will say, I'm probably the biggest sinner of you all. I don't know if I said this the last time I was up here or not, but I want to tell you something. If you knew me, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't. But I want to tell you, by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, he covers my sin. He covers my sins. My flesh wants to do other things, folks. And I know that your flesh is the same way. I'm talking, and I'm not just talking about, you know, we always want to pick on things like sex and drunkenness and things like that. But we often forget about greed, don't we? We often forget about selfishness. And, and things like that and pride and all this stuff, right? God's, God's love, God's righteousness. The Bible says that, that we put on Jesus Christ. I'll say this again later on this week, but, but we have nothing good inside of us. Folks, I hate, to, I hate to bust your bubble this morning if you thought that you were good enough to make it to heaven on your own, but you're not this morning. You need Jesus Christ. You need the Lord. You're, that's the only way you're going to make it to heaven is on the Lord. You and I will never make it to heaven on our own merit, ever, ever, ever. And, and that's not something that's supposed to hold us down and, and su- supposed to just make us feel, well, I'm just giving up. No, what it's supposed to do is say, 
say, I know where I need to turn. I need to turn to the only person that I can turn to. And that is Jesus Christ. That is the only person that can help me in this process. That's the only person that's going to save me and keep me on the right track. You know, I often in my life look at these things and I say, Lord, I I get to feeling sorry for myself and I think, God, how am, how am I going to make it? And he says, you're going to make it because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to lift you up. And he says, quit wallering, wallering where you're at and get up off that ground. Get up off that floor and keep going. So when I fail, folks, yeah, you, you might for a second want to give up. You might want to for a second want to say, well, woe is me. But then you get back up the, off the floor. You keep going and keep doing what God's having you to do. Folks, there is not a magic bullet. If you want to talk about a magic bullet, that magic bullet is right here. It's God's word. It is Jesus Christ. But, you know, Jesus is not a magic bullet. Jesus is the Savior of the world. God is creator. He is, he, he is the beginning and the end. Uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation tells us. So if, if renewal is going to come in our lives, these are some things. I'm not saying these are all things that, that we need to do in our lives that, oh, that's going to that's gonna bring spiritual renewal in my life. But I want to tell you something, folks. It is going to help you to begin to see your own life and it's going to help you come to a place in your life that you're going to be able to experience revival in your church and in your life. You're going to be prepared. You're going to be more prepared. If I would have came out here this morning and, uh, and I would have said, you know what? I don't know what we're going to do today. We're just going to flip the Bible open. We're going to lay it out. And I'm not saying that I haven't preached like that because I have. I've just laid it out and said, you know what? We're preaching right here today. This is what God wants. Folks, I need to be prepared. Not just studying. You know, I can have all the word studies and all that, right? And, and all the knowledge up here. And I probably even said things wrong, you know, about, about uh, uh, certain things, you know, get them, get them a little bit whoppy-jawed, as we say sometimes, But folks, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared if we want revival in our hearts and our lives. And I know that you here at Theresa Baptist Church have been praying. Some of you have told me, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for you. I want you to know my my spirit and your spirit has been doing this for the past little while. It really has. It's been, it's been connecting together. And I, for when my dad uh, called me one day and he said, he said, Billy, uh, w- would you consider preaching a revival at Theresa? And man, I was, I jumped on that. I said, yes, I would love to come and, and speak. And so God began then preparing me and saying, where, where, what is, what is, what does Theresa need to hear? Dad didn't sit down and write out a bunch of stuff and say, you know what? I need you to preach on this. I didn't have Brother Carol call me and say, Billy, listen, uh, we need to, you need to speak on this. You need to talk about this. Folks, that's the lovely thing about the Lord uh, and, and living a Christian life and living in the life that we live in as, as brothers and sisters in these days because God speaks. And I want to tell you, God still speaks. No matter what this world says, God still speaks to us. So if we're going to have renewal in our lives, I've got to warn you of something. Now, I, I, want, you to, I, I want you to stay with me. 
spiritual renewal, spiritual revival, real, genuine, God-sent revival is going to mess things up. It's going to mess things up for us who are unwilling to change. Some of you here this morning may be that way. I don't know. Maybe you're here this morning and you said, I like my life the way it is. I like my church the way it is. And we're not going to go that way. We're not going to change that way. Now, I went to meddling now, haven't I? I mean, I really have. Whoa. And, and, and I, I, I told my dad, I said, y'all, y'all hear me one more. You've heard me once. You've heard me twice. Now you're probably going to send me, put me on a Greyhound bus back to China Grove and say, go on and get out of here. But listen, I want to tell you something. It really does. That's not a bad thing, but it, it, it messes us up because it changes our plans. We had these plans to do this in our lives, in our church. And God says, no, I want you to do this. So. I pray this week that that's what God's going to begin to do in your heart and your life. Let God do that work. Let him do that work in your life. Let him, let him, let him convict you this week and let him speak to you this week. Folks, we don't live in the world we did when I was a kid. The world is much different now. And there's different, different ways that we have to reach people. Folks, I want to tell you something. We no longer have to go to Africa. Africa's came to us. Islam has came to us. China has came to us. I'm not saying we don't. We send, we were sending a team to Nicaragua at our church in, in November. We still do that. But I'm saying the, the world has come to us. And so, so we reach out. We reach out in any way possible to, to what God has for us. In this world that we live in as a, as a church. So as I close here this morning, and I, I am going to close, I want to ask you something today. Possibly as the, the, uh, the accompaniments, if, if you guys would come on up. Listen, I want, to, I want to ask you something as they're coming this morning. Is there something in your life that maybe God's been speaking to you? And maybe you, you haven't heard any other words I've said, but you heard maybe possibly one thing that I said this morning that, really po- that possibly spoke to you, that you might possibly maybe need to change in your life, that, that God said uh, that you need to get right in your life, maybe a place that, that you know that you've been lacking, something that needs to be uh, lifted up, another place needs to be leveled out. Another place needs to be filled in. I pray that God would continue to speak this week and this morning as we go forward. But I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand with me today. And as we have this invitation, the altar is going to be open this morning for you that need to respond in this, this invitation today. And possibly, man, today is, there's no better day to get right than today. And folks, I want to tell you, in a crowd this size, I know there's somebody here that does not have a relationship with my Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, I want to tell you, today's the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. So if the Lord's speaking to you about that, come to us this morning, and we'll, we would love to share the Lord with you today. But others of you have been spoken to this morning by other things, and I pray that you come today as God leads and He guides you. Hymn number 412. <laughs>
been here, have He's here. And He's opened the door to us. And I hope we feel in that door open. It may take some of us a day or two to walk through that door of whatever He's saying. Or it may be today as we go out of this room, as we have time to get by ourselves and think what the Holy Spirit has said to us this morning. God's spoken to me. I want you to know I'm grateful too. There's things that I need been brought to my attention. And I say thank you, God. I praise you today. I praise you. Father, we love you today. This has been a good day. Thank you for your message. Your messenger has been faithful. But Lord, we've heard your voice. We've heard you speak to us today. And I pray that this is the beginning and the start of the revival that you intend for us to have. Thank you for hearing us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you join hands as we close this part of our service with our song?